Today we're going to start in a series of Sunday evening messages looking at eight biographies. I would like to look at eight biographies because the men recorded and women recorded in the book of Hebrews have led very diverse lives. Some of them were close to God in the beginning of their lives and faded. Some of them were far away from God in the beginning of their lives and got closer. Some of them had dips in the middle. Some of them had dips in the end. And the reason why we're studying it to show God's plan of salvation, only one scheme of salvation can possibly get all these characters recorded in Hebrews 11 to glory. And that's the scheme of grace. So with that, the first man we'd like to look at in this series is a man named Jephthah. Jephthah is a Old Testament character. He was a judge over Israel. If you were to look at the time where judges ruled Israel, it was a period of 430 years. The first judge, I believe, was Moses. He's recorded in the book of Exodus. The last judge was Samuel, which you can find his death in 1 Samuel. In between there, most of them are in the book of Judges. There were plenty of judges. And somewhere in chapter 11 and chapter 12 of the book of Judges, we can find the character called Jephthah. Jephthah. Jephthah was God's. If we go to Hebrews 11, 32 through 34, his name is listed right there, and I'm going to read that passage. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. We see Jephthah listed right there with some big hitters like Gideon and David and and Samuel, right there in the midst of them. We shall look at the heartache and sorrow Jephthah inflicted upon himself. The time he was not in harmony with God's word and God's will, he hurt himself. He did not put in danger his eternal salvation. That was secure. He's listed there, but his disobedience or his uh, hard, hard, hard ways cost him and his family, even though salvation was his. Let's start reading in Judges 11, and we're going to read his story. This is Judge 11, starting at verse 1. And now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah, and Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up. And they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Jephthah experienced discrimination. Socially, he was the son of a prostitute. Religiously, he was the born illegitimate. And then racially, he was a half-breed. Can you imagine him going to school in our modern culture having a prostitute mother being illegitimate and being half black and half white. He would have no friends. He would have been discriminated against in numerous ways. Judges 11, let's start reading it now at verse 3. 
Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Taba. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. And it came to pass in the process of time that Jephthah of Ammon made war. I'm sorry, that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And Jephthah said unto the elders of Gilead, Did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? If you were to look at Tob and compare it to the United States, if you went as far north and as far east as you could, you would be end up in the upper corner of the state of Maine. And basically, that's where Tob is in Israel. If you went as far north and as far east as you could possibly go, that's where you'd find Tob. He went far from home. Jephthah only knew negotiated fellowship. Mom negotiated with dad. Vain men were friends as long as their needs were met. The church elders called him because they were in a bind. Let's keep on going. Verse 8. Jephthah said, If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders said, The Lord be witness between us, if we do not as so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captor over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Nevertheless, Jephthah was a man full of faith. He always depended on God. He always talked with God. He always credited God with every victory that he got. In many ways, Jephthah is a type of Christ. He was an alien. Jesus was an alien to his mother's children. Jephthah was an alien to his father's children. His mother was an unwed woman. Jephthah's mother was an unwed woman. Jesus was hated and run off by the church. Jephthah was hated and run off by the church. Jesus put mistreatment aside to save his people. Jephthah put mistreatment aside to save his people. But Jephthah was unlike Christ in many ways. Jephthah was not a peacemaker. I have not sinned against thee, but thou sinned against me. Judges eleven twenty seven. He was impulsive. Jephthah conceived and swore an ill-advised oath. Chapter 11 and verse 30. He was self-centered. Jephthah's speech was overcome with a me monster. Chapter 12, 2 and 3. He was unmerciful. Jephthah slew 42,000 Ephraimites, including a remnant retreating home. Chapter 12, 5 through 6. I empathize with Jephthah. I don't accuse him. Actually, I feel sorry for him. Think about it. Here's a man that was cast off by family and friends and church leaders. And then they called him back. He didn't trust man. He trusted God, but he did not trust man. Remember the Beatitudes in Matthew 5? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Jephthah was none of these. And you know what? He was blessed very little, but he was God's. This lesson is not about justification or blame. It's about joy, peace, and earthly blessings. 
Let's go to Judges 11, start reading at verse 30. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them in Eror, even till thou come to Minith, even twenty cities, and unto the plains of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside he, her, he had no, he was neither son nor daughter. Verse 35. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth, forasmuch as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even the children of Ammon. Sounds like his daughter should have been in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me be alone two months, that I may go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months, and she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man." Now, a lot of folks will read this and figure that the daughter was a burnt offering and she was actually killed and sacrificed. I don't believe that was. I think he put her away in a convent. That was the burnt offering. Notice that she's bewailing her virginity and she knew no man. That seems to be the emphasis there. So that's my speculation on that part. But back to Jephthah. In Judges 12, 2 through 3, there was a group of Ephraimites that came unto Jephthah, and they challenged him. They challenged, it, was, it was a very, oh, unfair. It was a very rude. It was a very aggressive challenge. They came to Jephthah, and they said, why didn't you include us in the war? Really, we can look at this tribe's history, and basically they said, how come we couldn't and take part of the spoils? But notice what Jephthah's response was. His was like pouring gasoline on a fire. Remember I told you, Jephthah had a great relationship with God, but with his fellow man, he'd just as soon bust him in the mouth and as soon as look at him. And that was part of his upbringing. That was part of his history. He did not trust men. Now that did not cost him his place in glory, but it certainly cost him peace on earth. Notice what he says in this. Look at, listen to this speech. Looking for that me, myself, and I in this language here. I and my people were at great strife with the children of Ammon. And when I called you, you delivered me not out of their hands. And when I saw that ye delivered me not, I put my life in my hands. 
passed over against the children of Ammon, and the Lord delivered them into my hand. Wherefore, then are ye came up unto me this day to fight against me. He said, oh yeah, and he whipped, he, he came down on them hard. Now what I want to double back here to chapter 8. A very similar thing happened to the judge called Gideon. The Saint Gideon was of the tribe of Manasseh. Jephthah was of the tribe of Manasseh. Gideon was called to lead God's people and become a judge and deliver them out of battle. Jephthah was called to be a judge and leave Israel out of battle. God gave Gideon battle, battle and victory. God gave Jephthah battle and victory. Ephraim challenged Gideon. Ephraim challenged Jephthah. Gideon answered very softly and peace was made. Jephthah answered very harshly and war was made. This is Gideon's response. What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezer? God hath delivered into your hands the princes of Midian and Oreb and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison to you? That's recorded in Judges 8, 2, and 3. It's the difference between a soft answer and a harsh answer. Let's go to chapter 12. Let me start reading 4. This is after the response. Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they said, ye, get, ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passage of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so that when the Ephraimites which were escaped said, let me go over that the men of Gilead said unto him, Art thou an Ephraimite? If he say nay, then said they unto them, Say now, Sheboleth. And he said, Sheboleth. For he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passage. And there fell at that time of the Ephraimites 42,000. Now, do you remember Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim? This is brother against brother. Jephthah slew Ephraimites because of their challenge. It's interesting when I look at Gideon's life, Gideon's reign or tenure lasted 40 years and it was described with peace. Jephthah's lasted six short years and it was described with drama. But I stress, what happened to Jephthah was his own doing. God chose Jephthah. Jephthah was a faithful man when it came to battle, when it came to talking to God, getting permission about how going to battle, giving God credit for the battle. But when it came to his fellow man, Jephthah was an angry, bitter man with a chip on his shoulder. They were alike in so many ways. Both Jephthah and Gideon can be found in Hebrews 11. Both of them were from the tribe of Manasseh. Both of them were confronted by Ephraim. Both of them were judges. But they were different in many ways too. Jephthah answered harshly. Gideon answered softly. Jephthah's tenure was six years. Gideon's was 40. Jephthah's was turbulent. And Gideon's was peaceful. My friends, I'm telling you that Jephthah's life, he was one of God's but it was full of strife. 
I feel sorry for Jephthah. I do. Jephthah got a raw deal. His brother said, you want our inheritance? You can't have it. 11.2. Church leader said, you want to be part of our congregation? You can't have it. 11.7. The Amorites said, you want our land? You can't have it. 11.13. The Ephraimites said, you want the spoils? You can't have it. 12.1. Jephthah defended himself. Jephthah swung back and he swung hard. Can you blame Jephthah? No, but this lesson is not about justification or blame. People ask my counsel often, and most want to spend a lot of time talking about the past. But I don't like spending time about the past. Matter of fact, I dislike it quite a bit. I would rather talk to people about from this day forward. Jephthah got a bad deal, and some of us have gotten bad deals too, but our focus ought not be on the past. Blame or excessive time spent on the past will not change current behavior. It might explain it, but it will not fix it. I'd rather talk about the blessing of being in God's word today. Let me give you three verses. This is Luke 9 and verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God doesn't want you looking backwards. He wants you looking forward. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God and Jesus Christ. Paul wrote those words and he was pressing forward. Did he have a past? He sure did. But he went forward, not backward. And then Hebrews 12, 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, not behind us, before us. Jephthah's interactions with people caused himself much stress and grief. His days were short and full of heartache. What is the application for you and I today? Can we avoid the potholes and the ditches that Jephthah drove into? I sure hope so. When I look at Jephthah's life, he is a man that most strict Christians would look at this man and say, not elect, not a child of God. But there's no way around it. Hebrews 11 says he is God's child. With God, he had a good relationship with his fellow man. He did not. He was pretty moderate when it came to his relationship with other people. What he got dealt with from a small child was not right. But regardless of it not being right, his reaction to it cost him earthly blessings. It did not cost him eternal blessings. It cost him earthly blessings. So I pray as we go through and look at some of these other men recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, we look at them, we look at their lives, we see how God blessed them here on earth in the manner of faith, but we see them also have pitfalls. You know, that's one reason I know God inspired man to write the Bible. If I was writing about myself, I would leave out all those bad things that I did, and you'd only get the highlights and the good things that I've done 
but it tells of the good and the bad of all men. There's only one man that was perfect, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we find Jephthah, a little obscure judge in Judges 11 and 12. We look at his life. We, we feel sorry for him. But how many times do we run into folks like that in our real lives? 